Good morning and welcome to the May 26th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we're on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone that wants to join us. My name is John, and on today's episode we're talking about who killed Kayfabe on this day in 1987. Kayfabe, of course, is the professional wrestling term that used to mean making sure that the people who believed it was all real continued to believe it was all real. And the protection of kayfabe has historically led to some less than pleasant moments. Protection of kayfabe is what led to Hulk Hogan choking out comedian and TV host David Belzer and then dropping him, letting Belzer's head bounce off the tile floor of the studio where he split the back of his scalp open and required stitches. Protection of kayfabe is what resulted in David Schultz slapping 2020 reporter John Stossel in the side of his head for merely asking if wrestling was fake. Dr. D got a pat on the back from Vince McMahon that night for quote-unquote staying in character, then got shipped off to Japan in hopes that the whole story would just blow over. He was suspended by the New York Athletic Commission and apologized, but it made him all that much easier to fire shortly thereafter. Stossel, on the other hand, suffered permanent ear damage that miraculously cleared up sometime shortly after the check cleared for his rumored $400,000 settlement from Titan Sports. If you were listening back in October to episode 47 of the Daily Wrestling News Show, you'll recall the great lengths wrestlers were willing to go to in order to protect kayfabe. Ric Flair credits Mr. Wrestling Tim Woods with saving the wrestling business after the 1975 plane crash where Flair broke his back. Woods was the only babyface on a plane with several of the biggest heels in the promotion at the time. Protection of kayfabe was so ingrained into the psyche of wrestlers in that era, Woods made sure not to give his wrestling name as he was being stretchered from the plane crash site and taken to a nearby hospital. And when questions started being asked and the vultures started circling, in order to prove he wasn't in the crash, Woods wrestled just a couple weeks later when he should have been taking time off to fully heal the broken ribs and various other injuries. He did so in an incredible amount of physical pain, but the business was protected and that was all that mattered. If you listen to any of the Daily Wrestling News Show specials where Ryan and I talked about Vice TV's Tales from the Territories back in October, November, and December, You'll remember that damn near every episode had at least a story or two about wrestlers going out of their way to protect their gimmicks. So imagine how industry-rattling it was when on this day in wrestling history, May 26, 1987, two very well-known wrestlers exposed the wrestling business in a way that could have been downright catastrophic. Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Iron Sheik were driving on the New Jersey Turnpike, having landed in Newark and headed towards a show that night in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Duggan was pulled over when a New Jersey State Trooper saw him driving with an open beer can in his hand. New Jersey State law had made any open containers of alcohol illegal in moving vehicles, but this was news to Hacksaw, who lived in Louisiana at the time, where sipping a beer while behind the wheel was somehow still legal. After further inspection of the vehicle, driver, and passenger, the trooper found Duggan in possession of marijuana, while Shiki was holding not only marijuana, but cocaine as well. They were immediately arrested and detained. 
but due in no small part to the fact that Duggan's father was chief of police in the small upstate New York town where Jim grew up near Albany, they were brought in front of a judge in a timely fashion, allowing them to still make the show that night. Duggan got off with a conditional discharge for his offenses of marijuana possession and drinking alcohol while driving. Sheik was charged with possession of marijuana and cocaine and received a year's probation. The show went off that night without a hitch, so neither man told anyone in the company about the incident. When Duggan spoke to his wife that night from the hotel room, he told her he had been arrested, but he didn't think anyone knew, so it would be okay. But when she called back the following morning to tell him that everybody knew, Hacksaw realized he had to make a very unpleasant phone call. Duggett said in an interview from 2017 that he had never gotten through to Vince McMahon at Titan Towers quite so quickly, and Vince's opening salvo from the other end of the phone is burned into Duggan's memory. Quote, Jim, what have you done to us? End quote. Vince wasn't really all that upset over an alcohol or marijuana possession story being tied to the wrestling industry. But the president's war on drugs had put cocaine front and center as the scourge of the American society, so it definitely was a black eye for the company. But what had smoke coming out of McMahon's ears was the fact that not only was Hacksaw a babyface and Iron Sheik a heel, the two were embroiled in an active and ongoing feud. In fact, that previous night in Asbury Park, when they somehow made it to the building in time to perform, they were wrestling one another. This was the nightmare scenario for the wrestling industry. Mortal enemies on WWF programming being caught cruising down the turnpike and sipping beers together like chums. Both Duggan and Sheik were fired immediately as the story of the arrest spread through the news like wildfire. With a two-page article in the New York Daily News, plenty of TV coverage in major WWF cities from coast to coast, and even a write-up nationally in USA Today. But in a show of how the world of professional wrestling was changing and the days of ironclad kayfabe softening, the news cycle got bored of the story in a few weeks, and Duncan was brought back a couple of months later. Though he admits his career never fully regained the momentum it had going into the incident, if this had happened 10 or even 5 years earlier, Duggan knows he would have been radioactive, and it quite possibly would have ruined him for good. Even the Iron Sheik was brought back in the WWF about a year later, and being able to look back on it and laugh about it now, Duggan has been quoted as saying the worst part of all was that the story made it look like he and Sheik were friends, when in actuality this was the one and only time they ever rode together, as Sheik was stranded at the airport and begged Duggan for a ride. Well, that's our show for today. The Daily Wrestling News Show is a Minutes to Bell Time production. Learn more at MinutesToBellTime.com. This episode was written by John DeConti. Subscribe to the Daily Wrestling News Show on your podcast player of choice and join us in the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group.